Thank you so much for your word. And thank you that we can gather here on a Thursday afternoon to worship you, not only in song, but by hearing and receiving your word. And so we want to honor you. And I pray, Father God, that you'd speak to us, that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us in the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, and I pray also that your Holy Spirit would come and rest on me as I bring your word to your people today through Jesus Christ our Lord. For we pray it all in his name. Amen. Paul continues to write here, and he says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others, who, uh, others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord." Therefore, encourage one another with these words. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, you know, as I travel around the nations, uh, there's a question that's on a lot of people's minds, and that is, you know, of all the different groups of Christians and things like that, who are going to get to heaven first? Who's going to get there first? You know, and, and sometimes, you know, the Baptists will say that they're going to get there first, and the Pentecostals will declare by faith that they're going to get there first, and, and you know, and it's a real, it's a live debate, you know, amongst other people, uh, but, you know, I declared many, many years ago, I said, I know absolutely for certain who's going to get uh, into heaven first, and, and I, can, I can declare this with a great degree of certainty, and people say, well, who? And I said, well, the Presbyterians, and I was a Presbyterian. I said, well, the Presbyterians. They said, no, you can't. The Presbyterians can't get there first. I said, no, it's very biblical. The Presbyterians will be first. They said, no, you can't prove that, by the way. I said, I can. It's right here in Thessalonians. The dead in Christ will rise first. Now, you can only say that about a group that you've been a part of. You know, we, we here at City Temple, we don't pick on other people's groups, you know. So notice I didn't say the Anglicans would get there first or the Roman Catholics or anything like that, I, you know. I, I picked on my own group, but, I, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a fun thing to say, <clears throat> and I, sometimes I feel like it's true, not only for the Presbyterians, but sometimes some of uh, my brothers and sisters in the United Reformed Church, but that's not Paul's purpose in writing here. In fact, uh, probably most powerfully for me personally, Paul's purpose in writing here is to really encourage us about something that is very, very real that we all encounter, and that is death. In fact, the last time that I preached on this passage was about four years ago at my mom's funeral. Because as, as I went through my mom's Bible, I found that this was one of the passages that she had a bookmark in and that she had underlined. And so when I was looking at that, I thought, oh, that's the perfect passage to preach on at her funeral, uh, this passage here. Because he says, for us not to grieve as others do who have no hope. And that's a powerful thing 
Because we all deal with death, we all will face it, and we all face it with loved ones. And part of living is actually remembering that we're also dying. And part of living is also remembering what will happen to us after we die. A lot of religions, they claim to know what will happen to you after they die, but as Christians, we assert very clearly, as Paul asserted very clearly, that we do know what will happen to us after we die because Jesus demonstrated to us what happens after we die. As Paul says here, the foundation for our understanding of the reality of life after death comes through the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus died on the cross, and we know that Jesus rose bodily from the dead in victory over death. And we can have a certainty of this, as certain as we can be of any ancient fact of the world, we can, we can know that Jesus died on the cross and rose bodily from the dead. Now what you do with that information obviously is up to you, but that is truth. We know it's a historical reality. And Paul was talking to the Thessalonians and said, guys, this is a historical reality. Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and we can be confident that God who raised Jesus from the dead is also going to raise us from the dead. That we will go through the same kind of thing that Jesus did, we who are in Christ Jesus. Now this was a real issue for them because at first, after Jesus ascended into heaven, all of his disciples anticipated that Jesus would come again very soon. They thought that he'd go up into heaven, that he'd be gone for a very short time, and that he'd bring all the hosts of the heavenly angels together with him, with all the saints, and they would come and they would evict the Romans from Israel, and they would reestablish Israel as a kingdom, and there would be that victory and that clear demonstration. And as time went on, it became more and more difficult for the Christians to wrestle with this reality. Now that we're dying, what's going to happen? But what's going to happen to people? What's going to happen to those who have died, who have fallen asleep? And so Paul is writing people to encourage them as they live their life. Because the only way, really, that we can live our life confidently as followers of Jesus Christ is if we know that there is life after death. As Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, if it's only for this life that we follow Christ, we're the most miserable of people. If it's only for this life, and that's it, why go through the suffering, the persecution, the difficulties, the trauma, the challenges that God promises we will go through? No, we know that it's for more than this life. It is for a life to come, a reality to come, a reality of realities that we will experience through faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul is writing here to encourage people. He says, we do not want you to be un uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. We grieve when we grieve as people who have hope, uh, the hope of seeing our loved ones again, the hope of uh, knowing a life beyond death, the hope of experiencing the fullness of what Jesus has done. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so Jesus through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 
That is our confidence. We know Jesus died and rose again, and we know that God will bring through Jesus all the others who have died, who, who have fallen asleep. For this we declare, verse 15, this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who are falling asleep. So Paul here had gotten a special revelation from God about what is going to happen. The interesting thing that we'll discover, if you start studying Paul's revelation here in 1 Thessalonians, and, and, and study Paul's revelation also in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that it really coincides as well with the revelation of the book of Revelation about what is going to happen in that time so that we can have some confidence. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. So Jesus is going to come back in power Jesus is going to come back in a loud, noisy kind of way with the sound of the trumpet of God. Now, if you look in the book of Revelation, you'll notice that there's a pattern in Revelation. In Revelation, you have seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls of wrath. Seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls of wrath. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet... So you notice here that when is Jesus coming again and when are the dead in Christ going to rise? It's when Jesus comes at the last trumpet. At the last trumpet in the book of Revelation, that's the trumpet that announces the coming of Jesus Christ in power and glory just before the seven bowls of wrath are poured out on the earth and Jesus defeats fully the power of the Antichrist and the Antichrist kingdoms that have set themselves up against God. So the revelation here is that Jesus is going to come with that trumpet sound, and at that trumpet sound, the dead in Christ will rise first. At the trumpet sound, all the dead in Christ will come together and come together with Jesus. Now, some people will look at that and they'll say, well, wait a second, okay, the dead in Christ rise first, but what happens right after we die? Aren't we with Jesus right away? Because you look on the cross and Jesus was between the two thieves. What does he say to one of the thieves? He says, this day you will be with me in paradise. We need to understand when Paul is giving this revelation, he's talking to time-bound people in this earth. As soon as we die, we step out of time and into eternity and that explains the tension that we see in the scriptures between the idea that we die and we're immediately with the Lord and the idea that we die and at some point in time in the future the dead in Christ will rise I believe that it will happen almost simultaneously I think my mom who died uh, back in I think it was 2014 I think my mom who died when I get to heaven, when I die, if I die before Jesus Christ comes again, and I appear up there for the Lord, and if my mom sees me there, she's going to say, son, how'd you get here so quick? I thought you would live your life for many more years. And I'd say, well, mom, you died 20 years ago. 
or 30 years ago, or maybe even 40 years ago. I don't know how long the Lord's going to keep me on the earth. And she's going to say, well, wait a second. No, I just got here. And why is that? Because when we step out of this reality and into eternity, we're stepping into a reality that has no beginning, no end. So there's no time consciousness in eternity. And that begins to explain this disparity that we might see at some points in the scriptures. It's not the scriptures are contradicting themselves. In the one hand, in this instance, Paul is talking from the perspective of this planet and how we're living on the planet. Jesus was talking there on the cross from the perspective of eternity and the timelessness of eternity. The important thing is to see that as the drama of the end unfolds here on this planet, what will happen is that there will be a trumpet call, Jesus will come, the dead in Christ will rise first, meeting Jesus Christ in the air. And then Paul says, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So at that moment, at the last trumpet, if we're still here on the planet, then we will, the dead in Christ will rise, and then we will be caught up with Jesus, and we will meet the Lord in the air, and then we will spend eternity with the Lord. We will always be with the Lord. In that moment, we will step out of our time-bound nature into the timelessness of Jesus Christ. And we'll always be with Jesus. We'll always see him. We'll always know him. And I remember thinking when I was a kid that uh, all the talk about being an angel, you know, on a cloud playing a harp, uh, you know, and, and the song, you know, amazing, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as a sun, I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do for 10,000 years? I mean, that's, that's a long time. I, I, I just think that... Isn't that going to be boring, you know, just a ding, 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 ding on my harp up on the clouds? You know what? I want to be in Christ's rock and roll band. That's what I want to be. You know, I want to be part of that thing. And the thing is, when we meet the Lord in the air, we will always be with him. There won't be a consciousness of 10,000 years because time will be no more. Time will be no more. And we will always be with the Lord. And this is our reality. This is the reality that we are preparing for, this great day of connecting with Jesus for all eternity. And because of this reality, we need to encourage one another. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And we encourage one another. How do we do this? We are encouraging one another in two ways. One, to remember that death is not the end the death of our loved ones, the death of those who die in the Lord, that's not the end. And we also encourage one another that it's worth it to live a sanctified life. It's worth it to live our lives for Jesus because that reality, that reality of eternity with Christ is the only reality that ultimately matters. And that's the reality that we'll enter into. And so we need to encourage one another to be faithful and strong in the Lord. Father God, thank you so much for this truth, this revelation that we do not have to grieve as those who have no hope. That when we grieve, and grieve we will, 
we grieve with the confidence that there is a resurrection of the dead. We grieve with the confidence that the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, has risen, and that our God who raised him from the dead is capable of bringing us all alive with Christ through his resurrection. And, this, and in this we live. We live with the confidence that no matter what we go through, no matter what happens in our lives, that there is a glorious day coming when we will all meet the Lord in the air and we will always be with Him in relationship with Him and with one another in fullness of joy, becoming fully like Him. We look forward to that day and we ask that you surround us and keep us until that day and help us to grow sanctified, to live sanctified, holy unto you for your glory, honor, and praise. For we pray all this in Christ's name, amen.